welcome to the Encounter Mercy podcast. I'm Vince Dragone, and I have with me Father Andy Boyd and Jesse Spanigal. How's it going, gentlemen? Going good. Going really good. It's a, it's been a long day today. We've, uh, we're on hour, see, hour thirteen right now, so Oof. we're doing good. <laughs> nice. You know, I have, but, I, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that Tuesdays are my day off, but they never seem to actually be a day off. But hey, I'm st- I, at least I'm not going on hour thirteen. Right. There's, there's a lot of work to be done, so it's good. I, I'm taking tomorrow off, though, so it'll be good. But I have a feeling I might be taking tomorrow off. Um, not really wanting to, but I got my second vaccine today, and uh, oh. I've heard it really kicks your butt. So we'll see how I'm feeling see, tomorrow. I had the exact opposite with my first one. I had um, so I'm an asthmatic, but it's also due to the fact that I'm you know 300 and some pounds, um, and so. With my first one, I had an asthma attack during the middle of mass, but then the second one, I had nothing. So maybe you're going to get lucky. Oh, I hope Does so. your arm hurt, Vince? Yeah. You know what? On my drive home, my arm and my neck started getting tight. I was oh. like, oh, that's that was quick. <laughs> At least the first one, it, did, it, it took like the next day to feel that. So They say the second one's, uh, well, for me it was, and I heard other people say, my arm really hurt like the second day. So I heard that too. Looking forward I to I just it. got lucky. Yeah. Lucky you. <laughs> So, hey, guys, we have to we have to really keep it um, uh, professional and we have to keep it. um, We can't say anything that I'm going to regret saying because I just found out my wife listens to the podcast. She's been listening since day one. Uh, Well, I didn't know this. So, (laughs) well, so you know, and she was our director of marketing for a while. I get that. And then she got pregnant again and things happen. But um for a while she wasn't listening. So right. I happened to say during our St. Patrick's day episode about, uh, the St. Patrick's, uh, breastplate prayer, how yeah. I yeah. wanted that. Oh, and it showed and up. I wanted, yeah, well, guess what it showed in the mail today? She actually ordered it. And, oh, uh, and so I was like, Oh, you see, you listen, you listen to the podcast, huh? <laughs> she, she will text me and I, I have to apologize. Work. No, you can't. I have to apologize to Cassandra because sometimes she'll text me about stuff she hears in the podcast and I'm like, yeah, I should respond. And then the next thing I know it's two days later. So yeah, I, heck I know that. <laughs> I don't think my wife's ever listened. She's just like, just go do your thing. You're fine. Well, and I know I, I Mrs. Do Mrs. Gedney, a- Deacon AJ's mom. I know she listens pretty faithfully, so she might skip over the ones that uh, her son's not in. I mean, I would probably do the same thing if I had a kid in a podcast. I'm not going to listen to this one. It's not important, but you never know. You never know. So, yes, we love and support our wives here. So, and everything's there to bring, we, we shower them with graces. So that's, that's that's what we've been talking about for all this time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. On a completely okay, separate well, topic, yeah, thank yeah. you, Vince, for turning me on to these candles. The Chrism oh. candle from You Catholic, not sponsored, but would love to be sponsored by You Catholic. That's hey, right. um, are we going to get a? We need another manager you know for that if you we know, do this. <laughs> let's so just, let's just tell the listeners to go to the website and in the mm-hmm. coupon code enter Encounter Mercy and just if even though people, do nothing. If people keep submitting that, then maybe yeah, You Catholic Ooh. will see that. Hey, uh, what is going on here? And reach out to us and actually give us maybe activate it for ten percent off. That'd be cool because I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, say that this Chrism beeswax candle. Thank you, Vince, for telling me about it because I bought four of them. They are the best. Like they're really nice smelling, and and I really like it. And I'm also enjoying a glass of my homemade limoncello. So if I say anything incoherent, you'll all know why. You're drinking your candle. Just don't drink your candle. Oh shoot, wrong wrong glass. They <laughs> look the same. They're the same glass shape. Anyway, is, is the candle fifty one percent beeswax? 
that's a good question. I will check. Matter? It doesn't say on the thing, but it definitely says beeswax candle. So you could probably use it for mass then. I think so. That'd be nice. I might use it. Hey, I got a confirmation mass at a neighboring parish here in a few days. I might light a few of these on the altar, make it really smell like chrism for confirmation. There you go. <laughs> so you got your limoncello. I got my boxed wine. Ooh. Classy. I'm drinking coffee. Good. Well, you're the, you, like usual. You are saving our butts because you have. Um, I hope uh, organized us. And yeah, I don't he actually he, he sent out a whole bunch of notes. He didn't copy you on it because um, uh, he didn't think that you were going to actually look at them and care. That's so. probably wise because I I don't I don't read anything. But reading uh, is hard. Yeah. Let, hey, let's let's hop right into the topic. And <laughs> just as uh, every single time that Jesse's on, I feel like he's the one who's uh, responsible bearing. Bearing the load here, so to speak, of um, he is the most senior the member of our group. I'm just old. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. I'm the most. Well, yeah, am I the most? Experience. No, yeah, I'm the most junior member. See, <laughs> and something else, you know. Hey, I'm. I I can hold 28 for a few more days, and I, you better believe I will. Be When's 29. your birthday coming up here? May the second. Oh, so awesome. Sunday. Awesome. I mean, let's wish happy birthday to Father no, Andy. No, let's keep moving. Anyway. All right. Anyway, we're going to talk about bridges tonight and building bridges. And uh, we this kind of came up as a topic that I wanted to discuss after talking to Jesse in a uh, our pastoral pastor's advisory board meeting last week and how the, uh, the parish has really been focusing on uh, over throughout COVID is to it's, – it's one thing to invite someone to Mass – and you know it's I'm gonna, like it's just easier to to get people into the faith through something that's easy to get into to to ease them into it instead of just hitting them with the mass and then they don't understand it or they're bored or they're overwhelmed or whatever it is and um i kind of think back to one time i was in guitar center and i was in the acoustic guitar area it's like a cigar room it's like closed off humidifiers all this stuff and it's just me, my wife, and this one lady and her little kid. And she comes up to us and says, are you saved by Jesus Christ? Wow. And I'm thinking, um, yeah, I, I sure hope so. Um, yeah. You know, and uh, and then she goes on. She's a seventh day, um, whatever they're called. Adventist. Adventist, yes. Yeah. And, you know, how, because I mentioned I'm Catholic and then I was the enemy at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But... <laughs> But anyway, You're going to hell, right? <laughs> but but that's not the approach that we should be taking to getting people into the faith. The approach should be a slow, easy, you know, easy to understand way of easing them in. And so the parish has done, and Jesse can can really be the one who um, explains a lot of this. But the parish has had different events, such as uh, the, uh, the the chosen. You guys are doing um, every week. You're showing the chosen at the church. Mm-hmm. And so people are coming into that people from the community. Um, and Jesse, if you want to talk a little bit about that, are you getting anyone who is from outside the parish? Yeah, we have, we've received a, you know, pe- people bring, um, uh, their friends. Um, it's been nice. Uh, let kind of backtrack a little bit here before we get into the, the parish. I just want to kind of give the, the history of where this came from. Um, so for me, I've done a lot of reflecting over the years and about, hey, oh my gosh, it was probably, oh, it's probably seven, eight years now. I did a parish mission at St. Andrew Parish here in Erie. 
and they wanted to revitalize the community. And so my whole approach was, I was like, we are at St. Andrews, it's really inner city parish. I mean, real inner city. Like my youth group kids would walk to youth group and like, it's, you know, there's a lot of community around there. So I was like, okay, we want to revitalize this parish. How do we do this? Because we have a committed core of people who have been coming here, their families have been here and that's good. But if we're going to really be the community parish and St. Andrews to be the, the hope and the spark for that area, we need to turn the light on and people need to know that we're here. And it's hard. Um, so the concept came about with these bridges because I was like, oftentimes people see the light, but they don't know how to get to the island. And these bridges help people. So if you, you know, for example, if you have somebody who loves God, you know, and and, you know, it's maybe brought up a, even a, just a Christian or not even a non-church going Christian. How do you get them to mass? And, you know, where liturgy is a second language for people and you have that experience or maybe even had somebody who's it's been a long since they've been a kid since they've been to mass. And they're like, wait a minute, the words are changed. I don't. So that concept of a bridge is help get people over to the island. Now, personally, this. I'm scared of bridges. So this concept that I came up with is, is, is interesting because I have like, when I cross over a bridge, I have like a plan for my kids. Like if we go over how, who I'm going to unbuckle. <laughs> and I think it's very, very, very saying of who I am because my wife wants to go to Canada this summer and she wants to go to Prince Edward Island. That just happens to be the longest 15 mile bridge in the world. And she wants us to cross that, and I'm definitely scared. So, but this concept, bridges can be scary. Um, you know, you want the bridge to be a smooth transition. So, how do you get people there? So, for us, example, one of the bridges we've built here in the church, and the Chosen is a great series. A Chosen is um, the the story of Jesus, but it's more the story of the disciples, and that's why I kind of like it. Um, we know the um, we know the the story of Jesus through the scriptures and stuff like that, but they enter they, they take creative license and they they involve it into a story that we can understand. Where like today we watched uh, Peter and we watched Peter stressing with his wife, and you know you don't think of Saint Peter being married oftentimes. So like you get to see the interaction and you get to see Jesus calling Andrew and Peter. And what that means for them to give up everything and follow him. And so that concept is great, especially within a church. But that's something I can invite someone to. And it's not intimidating. It's not like, why do you kneel? You know, you kind of almost have to bridge that gap and say, and it's like it's like a flame, right? You have a little bit of flame and then you you you, you gotta blow in the flame and you gotta put kindling in there. And then it, it starts and the fire gets bigger and bigger. And then they start, oh, wait, boy, there is something here. There's an attra- they're, they're attracted to faith. So that's the whole concept of the bridge. And that's one of the things we've been trying to do, um, especially with non-Catholics and people of the area. Uh, so that's kind of the premise of, of tonight. So um, this is one thing. The reason I want to talk about this is because you know, okay, if, if you're in charge of a parish or you're advising on a parish, this is great to be able to 
to be able to do, especially get people to come back to mass after COVID. But we can all do this as individuals as well, not just to get people to mass, but just to bring people along in their faith journey. You know, how many people do we know who uh, are follow away Catholics or just follow away Christians in general, or um, people who feel that, hey, I'm spiritual, but not religious? All these things of, you know, how do we slowly get them? Because if I just smack them with the, uh, uh, the liturgy, then they're not, they're going to run away from that. There's a reason why they, they left to begin with. And so let's find a way that we can, uh, to ease them, as, as you mentioned before, ease them over that transition to the island, to the Eucharist. But, and for me, it started when I was young, though, too, because, like, you know, uh, the Jewish people have this, um, this birthright approach. Um, so uh, Jewish people were realizing that if someone got married, outside they married a non-jew the, the jew would mostly leave the faith and so they they have this whole birthright approach where they take people through what it means to be they you know the jewish people through what it means to be jewish the appreciation and so they always have this bridge so for me that that birthright approach was my parents they raised me catholic i loved being catholic but but i had some really good protestant friends who were like hey jesse you should come check out my awesome mega church. And I remember like being torn. I was like, I remember going to my parents and saying, Hey, um, I really want to go check out their church. I'm, I, I want to be confirmed. I, I want to be cat. And th they let me cross that bridge because they knew the beauty of the Catholic church. They respected my curiosity. I knew I can always come back. They didn't burn that bridge. And I, I, I remember for weeks I went and checked out their youth group and it was very, but they didn't have the Eucharist. So that's what brought me back. That bridge was, uh, was available for me. They, I, they showed me the beautiful beauty of the Island. Um, but oftentimes we don't, we're, I think as a culture we're we're losing that sensitivity. Um, and, and where my parents were always really respectful and they, they knew they gave me truth. And you know, the, what, what's the scripture say when, when the, the mouth closes, when it finds truth. And so that's that's very important when we, we we know we have beauty, we know we have the 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 um the the light. And I'm gonna allow people to travel back and forth. That's what the bridge does. It allows um uh traffic to come through. So for me, you know, growing up, I was experienced at birthright, I was experiencing, you know, we were poor, so I we would go to Dubois for a day. And go check out that church, go to mass, and then we'd have dinner, and that was our that was our vacation. You know, we take a little day trips to go to different churches. So I had those nostalgia, those memories, and that brought me back when you know I was looking around. I guess I guess my curiosity of other churches when I was looking around before I was confirmed, and that brought me back to the faith. So I think that's important to set that personal tone. I know about you know, Father Andy. How about you? What? What bridges did you have in your life that kind of brought you back to faith maybe during times of sure. yeah you know i mean the the idea of the whole the youth group thing you know um in high school uh one of my best friends considers himself both catholic and lutheran um mm -hmm. and, and there's good reasons for that you know ironically he's from he considers himself uh, a member of both mount calvary lutheran and mount calvary catholic parishes um at least back when we were in high school and there's good reason for that because of the fact that there was there was youth ministry in the Lutheran Church, but not in the Catholic Church. There was 
outreach to the members of the community that wasn't there in the <clears throat> Catholic parish. And I had the same experience growing up in a Catholic parish in Erie. There was no um, youth ministry. There was no outreach. Even when I was in grade school at this specific parish, we knew it was an older parish. It was a dying parish. It was uh, not one that the youth were a part of, um, which eventually ended up to my family deciding to switch parishes um, to one that was more uh, life-giving and uh, outreach. And, and it wasn't like we were expecting a parish that was going to give us all of these um, social justice opportunities, but rather something that just at least felt like a home and felt like you belonged. And I think that's important. You know, uh, our, in the Diocese of Erie, Bishop Persco has been calling us to um, this understanding of belonging and welcome. And I think that's so important in this bridge building conversation is that understanding of welcome, family, belonging, oneness, um, unity. You know, it's kind of it's all of that and more. And that's, and that's exactly what, you know, we're trying to do here. You know, in our parish, we have we actually have um, to get some background too. We have a ministry called Hands and Feet. Okay, I created this. Oh boy, probably five years ago. And so I have a team of uh, their street the street team. So they're trained adults. <clears throat> so I partnered. I'm I created this program because it's kind of started out of this um this mission to go out and knock on doors and. The Catholic Church was not doing that, letting people know that we have a food pantry, that yeah. we have you know, things like the chosen. I want to have them things to invite them to. So what we did was we started Hands and Feet, and I have like 10 people on this committee who go out and walk. And so I train them not just in evangelization, but I train them in um, practical things too, to safety. So we had a state trooper who belongs to the parish. He came in and trained us like safety, approaching a house, that kind of stuff. So we go out as a team. And we go all around the community here. We knock on doors. We'll take this street and that street, and we'll knock on doors and say, hey, just so you know, we want to welcome you to St. Jude's. We have the Chosen program here. At the time, we were before COVID, we were inviting them. We, had, we did like a Bible study, and then we did like free hot dogs. You know, come uh, get a hot dog. I had one of my former um, – I have a, a guy who became Catholic who was a former um, Protestant minister. He ran the Bible study. And it was, you know, <clears throat> an opportunity for non-Catholics, so the, the nons, and maybe fallen away Catholics, and even Protestants to come check out the Catholic Church. And so that's the way we kind of settled that was give them a meal, a hot dog, especially, you know, we have a lot of poverty over here um, on the lower uh, west side. Uh, give them a free meal, let them come ask questions within a, in a, within a structure, a bridge, um, that was comfortable to them because once again, we weren't taking on a mass, but it was a, an entryway in. And then they, um, a lot of those people became, came in through our RCIA, through our, because they wanted more. They were, I'm going deeper. So we spent the whole summer, you know, for, for, for three or four summers here. And we spent, and we did, we did this over and over. And that's what really fed our RCIA. And some people just, you know, we just, hey, do you have prayer requests? Oh, yeah. We'll pray for you. And we wrote them down and we as a team prayed for them. Some people are like, yeah, I belong to um, uh, this church. Great. That's awesome. You know, we were really supportive. The idea was not to steal anybody or anything like that. It was just letting them know that we are open and welcome and that they could come and ask questions about Catholicism. You know, father would come out and have a hot dog with the 
people, um, but we had a lot of people come through the church that way, that bridge. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you think like if someone shows up at my door and tells me, invites me to church or whatever, or invites me to a program, like I just feel like, like I would probably say no. I'm just thinking like if I was just like, like the way I treat like Jehovah's Witnesses, I'm nice, but I decline. Um, and like, did you guys get a lot of that? Yeah, you, you have to you have to accept the the nose. Um, but there is a lot of fallen away Catholics. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who we pique their interest. Like, why? Why is the Catholic Church out here? Like we all had like matching shirts. And we wore like T-shirts. We didn't want to do the whole Mormon thing, but uh, <laughs> we, we we had and we had name tags, and we had and we just we just wanted you to know that we're here for you as a parish, and if you need anything, um, food on a on a practical need, we have a food pantry. We have this event, and that was inviting them to those events, those bridges that we got a lot of people. So we were getting you know twenty to fifty, depends on the time, but twenty to fifty people coming to our Bible studies wow. in the church. That's fantastic. So I would I mean, never guess you like, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's amazing. Because like I would go into it being like all anxious, like heavy anxiety, like I'm going to be told no, people are going to yell at me, people are going to slam the door in my face. But like that's the kind of thing and, that we're like yeah, we're, we're called to do. It's not that hard, you know. Like, what's the worst that happens to you? Like, you get told no and you get a door slammed in your face. But at least you're trying yep. to to preach the good news, you know. And it's it's so many that's people so were hurting. That that's yeah. what surprised me. There were so many people who took us up on the prayer. Yeah. And I mean the list and the fact that we won't go back to them, you know, like a month later or the next summer. And say, hey, we're still praying for Joe here. They saw fruit now. Yeah, they're like, wait a minute, these people are for real. They're not. They're not just saying it. Mm-hmm. So that follow up is is important as well. Yeah, I, you know, in my limited experience of um, my parish assignment so far, we did that for one of our parish missions of going out and um, being that witness in the pair in the community you know our the the priest that was doing a parish mission encouraged us okay i want you to go out and i want you to ring all the doorbells in the nearby area and like i'm i'm like i don't i don't want to do this this is not my cup of tea but i'm like all right if he's asking us to do it i gotta do it because i'm the priest and so i went out and i did this and i really i don't know about you uh, in your experience of it but i really didn't get too many doors slammed in my face what i got was a lot more interest of people because here i am a catholic priest i went out with one of the staff members you know i'm wearing my collar out in the neighborhood and i'm saying hey we're just we're doing this we want you to come if you're free great to have you they were really just kind of like this is weird what are you doing why why is a catholic priest coming to my door usually we only call you when someone's dying which is legitimately the thing in meadville so um you know, my experience was is it was it was beautiful. It was wonderful experience. You know, I think it's something that we need to um, reengage with and train more people in, and being comfortable to do that. It's presence ministry. Yeah, that, yeah. that's the bridge. Well, and and they think, see you out there. Go ahead, Vince. Sorry. Oh uh, well, I was just going to say, I think um, Catholics are notorious for privatizing their religion. Yes. Um, you know, I look at some of my Protestant friends, and they're they're trying to get everybody and they're just, everyone knows that they're Christian. But then when I look at like Catholics, especially like Irish Catholics. And uh, yep. I mean, I'm, I can say that because I'm part Irish. You kind of like, you don't, and that's just like a, that's just a traditional thing. It's not really, it has anything to do with being Catholic. It's just, 
there's just certain things like family wise where, you know, you, you just don't talk about that stuff. You just don't talk about problems that you're having or whatever that's going on. Or, and I think that's something that's really hurt the church over time. Now, yeah, granted there's, there's a lot of people on the other side of that and uh, anyone could probably say, no, Vince, you're wrong. But, um, it's just from my experience and what I've noticed that people just privatize that. And it's not until you get into the conversation of, uh, hey, I'm Catholic. Oh, I am too. Oh, I would have never guessed because we, you know, you never bring that up. Well, that 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 part of it is so important. I mean, that's how I built my youth group. When I first started 13 years ago, I went to the parish and I was like, you should come to youth group and try to get the parent. And the kid didn't come. So what I did was, and me and another chaperone, we'd drive around the church van. I see a group of, I, it sounds so bad, but I'd see a group of kids throwing a football. And I'd be like, hey, guys, I, I'd jump out and be like, hey, we have an awesome youth group out here. They thought I was nuts. But I'm like, we have pizza, and you should come. And they came and checked it out, and they stayed. And you know what? It Those moments, I, I have no regrets. And I, okay, I'll tell you a true story. This is a true story here. When I first started, I was oh, I was so aggressive. Oh my gosh, I went. I would. I was going through a McDonald's drive-through over here, and there was a young girl, and she looked high school age. And uh, I think I was buying cheeseburgers or something like that for the youth group. And I was like, "Hey, I'm like, you look like at youth group age." I was like, "Do you go to youth group?" And she's like, "No." She goes, "But you know, I live in Fairview," and I'm like, "Oh, find a youth group there." And I'm like, "You gotta go." And she's like, okay. <laughs> so like, eh, whatever. And then it, that was 2007 or 2008, 2009. So you don't have these moments too often. So I got to tell this story. 2009, I'm doing a youth rally at a local parish here, a huge youth rally, you know, 1,200 kids. And this, I go up there and I did my little talk, la, la, la. And this girl sees me and she runs at me after I'm done. I'm walking down from the stage. She runs at me, gives me the biggest hug. I'm like, what the heck's going on? My talk wasn't that good. And she, she goes, you came through my McDonald's a year ago, whatever. And she goes, you told me to go to youth group. And I found the Catholic youth group out here in Fairview. She goes, thank you so much. She's I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for it. It, it was her wants to i mean it was just me stupid at mcdonald's drive through but those are the bridges like i'm so glad i did that so i think you know yeah it's you know you got to put yourself out of your comfort zone that's that's tough you got to be willing to get the rejection but if we don't we're not doing our jobs i mean that's in my opinion that's so true uh, it just it's that stepping out of your comfort zone is important as the uh, minister, you know, I think you have to be as the one receiving it as well. You need to be open to that moment of where the Lord is calling you out of your comfort zone. But like, if we're going to be the one ministering, if we're going to be the ones inviting our brothers and sisters into the church and into our homes and into our hearts, we have to be willing to step out uh, of that comfort zone and be willing to encounter a little bit of pain and struggle um, so that others can see Christ. You know, the disciples, the apostles, especially, they didn't go into this thinking that it was going to be, you know, all sunshines and roses. In fact, it was just the opposite. They went in knowing that they were going to die. And so they gave up all of their own um, pleasures and comforts and went into it full force to try to call their brothers and sisters back to the truth. 
So uh, now I'm talking to our listeners. I know what you're thinking, and you're thinking this sounds great, and I want to I want to do this, but I don't even I really don't even know where to start. And uh, limoncello, I, that's where you start. Grab, grab your favorite bottle of limoncello, homemade. <laughs> Or, or if you want it homemade, just let me know, and we can we can take care of that. Anyway, <laughs> and after after you've uh, enjoyed a glass of that, then you know it's inviting people to mass is great, and I think that's eventually that's where we want to get. We want to get people to come to mass because the source and summit of our faith is the Eucharist, and and without that, people are hungry. And and that's that's what we should we should be feeding the people. But how do you get them there if they're not anywhere near there? Someone's calling Father Andy. Yeah, it's, you need to it's take all that? good. You need to take that? Okay. No. Silence your phone next time. Come on. It, it is this, on this, silent. This was a heart-to-heart moment with our listeners, and you ruined it. I know. So, <laughs> But I know where we're going with this. Well, maybe you don't. I don't think you do. But there, there's, a, there's a variety of things, and it depends on your comfort level. Um, I would say from a more extreme side of things, you yourself, if you haven't already joined a group in your parish, do so. Just about every parish has some kind of group, whether it's a Bible study, whether it's a mom's or dad's group, um, an outdoors group. There's so many different um, ministries that you can join in your par- parish. If you're not already hooked up with that, at least get an in or find someone who's in charge of it that can at least be the person that you let other people know about this. And so your goal is to eventually invite other people to this as a way to get people to come to Mass. And, and what's really cool about the, some of these little ministries is, especially like the dad's group, you know, we have one at um, the parish that Jesse and I go to, and we have non-Catholics in there, and they enjoy coming and having a good time. And there's no pressure to, well, you have to become Catholic now. No, it's, we're, we're not going to do that. But I'm, we're hoping that through um, being together and, um, and praying together and building these relationships— in this church community that maybe someday God will call them to, to become Catholic. And, uh, and, and, and who, who knows what's going to happen with that or how it's going to affect their lives in a good way. So that's one way to do it. And another way is from a, a more, um, you know, if you're, if you have too much anxiety and, and you just have a hard time inviting somebody to do something. Um, and I understand that and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, then just live out your Christian life and, have people see Christ through you. And that's a wonderful way to build a bridge because if, if everyone, if everyone that somebody knows that's Catholic is a dirtbag or is a jerk or is a prude, then they're never going to come to mass. It's never going to happen. You're never going to get them there. But if you can show them who Christ was through your actions, then, then they can see that that's a bridge in itself. Thoughts guys. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, I, that is, if everybody goes out and knows, has somebody in their life who they can make an impact on that we need to build personal bridges, but also, you know, parish bridges, diocesan bridges, you know, I'm on a lot of these, um, uh, boards at the diocese who, you know, we're looking at restructuring faith formation and, you know, like look on the, all these models, all these bridges that we have. And it was like, the question is, okay, where what bridges do we have? Are they leading people to Christ? And if those bridges aren't leading people to Christ, how do we reroute them? How do we get people to Christ? So they're welcoming, they feel connected. Um, and oftentimes it's the personal, it's the personal avenues. Um, you know, helping somebody through a difficult time, they know that you're Catholic, 
They know that you live your faith. Um, and it's, they're like, and that, that's my prayer, honestly, too, for like my, my college roommates. I remember going to college and the wild time some of my roommates would have. And I hope and I pray that someday they'll, what, why, why did Jesse not go to the party with us? You know, why was he always our DD? And like those moments are important to me. And I, and I, you know, hope, you know, I, I know they bear good fruit, but that is the, the goal of why we do what we do. Um, and I think the church needs on an overall basis needs to build more bridges to meet people where they are um, and bring them towards the Eucharist, towards what we're, what we're proclaiming, what we live for, what we die for. Yeah. So unless anybody has anything else, I think that's a, a great place to to end it here. So, all right, guys, you've, you've kind of heard what, you know, we had to say about building bridges and this is something that's, it was a new concept really that uh, I just learned about last week uh, that Jesse kind of coined, but in reality, it's, it's always been there. It's just now we put a name to it. And once you name something, it's a little bit easier to, um, to be able to deal with it and to be able to track it and be able to use it. And so this is a tool. Uh, just like all the other tools that we have. And so uh, I'm hoping that I have the opportunity to use it uh, now that I know that it's, you know, what it is. Uh, So with that being said, um, I would like if if anybody here, you know, please invite somebody to, to do something. Build a bridge with somebody. And then share that with us on how you build bridges as well. Write us on social media, email. Uh, you can go to our website, encountermercy.com, and fill out our contact form, or you can just post it on, you can DM us in any of our socials. But we'd love to hear what you're doing in your communities to build bridges, because I know you are, everybody is. Um, what, you know, I don't know what you call it, but, um, but, but at the end of the day, it's all evangelization. Um, so with that being said, we're going to end it right here, and uh, everybody, we'll see you next week. God bless. God bless you.